Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Law, government, new truth, God's Holy Spirit. These are all incredible advantages that God gives to his loyal people today. And this is part of the new covenant that God and Jesus Christ want to enter into with the church, with those who are committed to obeying God and following him in this life. Now, the new covenant is also known as the blood covenant. Notice Zechariah 9 verse 11. As for you also, by the blood of your covenant, I have sent forth your prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water. Mr. Gerald Flurry, the pastor general of the Philadelphia Church of God, writes in his Zechariah booklet, which you can get for free at thetrumpet.com on page 68. Unless we have and use God's Holy Spirit, we are prisoners of Satan in a dark pit without any water. What horrifying darkness. God vividly describes our hopeless and terrifying spiritual condition without the use of his powerful spirit. So again, Zechariah 9 verse 11 talks about blood being required to rescue these prisoners out of a dry pit. These prisoners without the water that represents God's Holy Spirit. And only the blood covenant can change this dire situation. Mr. Flurry continues here on page 68 of the Zechariah booklet. It takes the power of God's Holy Spirit to bring us out of the spiritual pit. That spirit keeps us focused on the bloody price paid so we could enter into the new covenant. We must view Christ's sacrifice as God does. Only God's spirit makes that possible. It is so easy to take the sacrifice of Jesus Christ lightly. In fact, the vast majority of professing Christians do this, where they say, okay, Christ came to do away with his father's law. He died, and now we can live however we want, and then just at the end of life at least, say that we believe on him as our Savior. And that's all it takes. But really, when we understand with a converted mind, empowered by God's Holy Spirit, the depth and the magnitude of Christ's sacrifice, we certainly take a much less casual approach to it. Christ shed blood 
for our sins. Again, from Mr. Flurry, it took Christ's blood and the Spirit of God to get us out of a stifling, dark dungeon. It can happen only if we enter into the new covenant with God. If we are doing our part, God says he will bring us out of the pit where there is no water. Because he has made this blood covenant with us, we don't have to be where there is no water, no food, no revelation. It's interesting there. Mr. Flurry talks about us doing our part. Christ isn't the only one with an important part to fulfill by his sacrifice. We also must do our part, submitting to God, yielding to his guidance, using the power of God's Holy Spirit to obey God's law. Christ died because of broken laws. So, of course, God doesn't want us to continue living that same despicable way that required the death of his son. Here again on page 68, Mr. Flurry writes, We made a covenant with God, and the reason we are able to understand God's truth is because Christ died. He suffered a savage butchery to make it possible for us to be able to keep all the conditions of the new covenant and to enter into it at his second coming. That's the price of that covenant. God will never break his part of the covenant. He has already spent the blood of his son to show his total commitment. Jesus Christ spilled his blood to let mankind know the depth of God's indescribable love for each one of us. That really shows a lot. How the sacrifice of Christ allows human minds to be opened to God's truth. Christ died, was in the grave for three days, was resurrected by God, and now is at the right hand of God in God's throne room, which is described in Revelation chapter 4. A brilliantly beautiful place. And Christ today lives to help the firstfruits, the chosen few in God's church today as we strive to meet our end of the blood covenant. Now, the blood covenant is very unique. It's not like the old covenant that ancient Israel entered into and failed to keep. With the new covenant, we can only officially enter into it when Christ returns and when human beings are transformed into God beings, therefore capable of upholding the blood covenant, the new covenant. God doesn't want to be let down again in a covenant. And so in this new covenant, we have to be perfect God beings before we actually can enter into that covenant. Today, we're just keeping the conditions of the covenant. 
we're considering Christ's sacrifice, and we're following Christ's example. But until we are perfect as God beings, we can't be totally trusted just yet to uphold the, the blood covenant. As Mr. Fleury explains here in the Zechariah booklet, this is not just some you know, equivalent to an animal sacrifice like the ancient Israelites performed. The blood of bulls and goats will not suffice for this new covenant. Jesus Christ, the creator of all mankind, died for all mankind. Only his blood could pay the eternal death penalty for sin. As Mr. Fleury writes on page 69, why can't we enter the new covenant until Christ returns? Because men can fail. God made the old covenant with the people of Israel, and they didn't keep their part of it. So now God says, I'm going to make you do what I command first, and then you'll enter the covenant. He wants to see how much we love it first. So we are keeping the conditions of that covenant to assure that it is consummated by God. What an incredible <laughs> covenant. What incredible truth to know just what God is willing to do. The lengths he is willing to go to rescue us from that dry pit, that dark dungeon of Captivity to the devil. Paying the price for our sins to set us free from the death penalty. And even the savage beating Christ endured before death pays for the physical sins, breaking God's health laws that cause our sickness and injury. The sacrifice of Christ paid for Physical sins, too, not just the spiritual sins that lead to death. What an incredible, magnificent, twofold sacrifice. And that's the basis of the blood covenant. God makes that sacrifice for us, and then he expects total commitment in return. As Mr. Fleury says on page 70, even to the point of shedding our blood. God says, my son did it. He's committed to the point of blood. Are you? Can we show God that we are truly committed to the point of blood? To this new covenant, to this blood covenant? whereby we can have God's Holy Spirit and God's truth, God's law, God's government, all of these precious advantages in our spiritual warfare every day. Zechariah 9 verse 12 says, Turn you to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto you. Mr. Fleury writes on page 70 of the Zechariah booklet, 
That's what God's people are when he makes this new covenant with them. Prisoners of hope. You know, we still are prisoners in a way. We still are confined to physical bodies. And we do still sin. And yet look at the hope that God gives to us. Where his word is sure. His commitment to the blood covenant is absolute. His side of the covenant is guaranteed. And it's just a matter of us using the weapons that God gives us to win some battles and fulfill our side of the blood covenant. This is about spiritual warfare. Returning to the stronghold. We can be in God's stronghold, receiving vital, valuable protection from God against Satan's attacks. And it's all about warfare. Notice here, Zechariah 9, verse 13. It says, when I have bent Judah for me, filled the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you as the sword of a mighty man. The bow, the sword. Zechariah is discussing spiritual warfare here. Christian warfare. As Mr. Fleury says, the, the most difficult warfare you could ever fight. That's a bold statement, isn't it? You think about the horrors of physical war and the permanent physical and mental scarring that soldiers go through in war today and throughout history. And yet God says, spiritual warfare is even harder. Spiritual warfare means mastering every thought, every emotion, every word, every deed, every desire. Just really conquering every aspect of the human nature that so easily besets and sidetracks us. The human nature that is hostile against God as it says in Romans 8, verse 7. The human nature that is desperately, cripplingly wicked. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. And we have to use the power of God's Holy Spirit to conquer that evil within us. But God always gives us the vision. He always gives us the hope that we need to fight and to win, in fact, he offers us a double reward if we put forth the effort to win. As it says there in verse 12, Zechariah 9 verse 12, God promises, I will render double unto you. A double reward. God offers so much to us. 
if we can just sacrifice for that blood covenant, following the example of Christ. And he made the ultimate sacrifice. God's offering us a crown. He's saying we can be like glittering stones in his crown, as it talks about in Zechariah 9, verse 16. Those few who obey God today and walk by faith today in the Philadelphia Church of God will be exalted for eternity. God will put us up on a pedestal for the whole world to see as standard bearers, as glittering stones in God's crown. Zechariah 10 verse 1 says, Ask you of the eternal rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. Mr. Flurry explains on page 71 that rain or water is a type of God's Holy Spirit. And if we are going to prosper spiritually, we must wield that Holy Spirit. We must use God's Holy Spirit. God provides the power to conquer Satan, the sick world around us, and our own human nature. God provides the power to escape the waterless pit. Mr. Flurry warns about being prisoners in that waterless pit where we descend into our own selfish, delusional human reasoning. We start to think we know better than God. We have a hard time understanding why God gives us trials. And yet, how else should we expect to live in this Christian life than with trials? Fiery trials are a natural part of the blood covenant. Christ sacrificed. He suffered. Certainly, God can expect a little bit of sacrifice from us as well. Zechariah 8 verse 23 is a verse that we often talk about at the annual fall festival, the Feast of Tabernacles. Zechariah 8 verse 23 says, Thus says the Eternal of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a spiritual Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Here in Zechariah 8, it's talking about the future. It's talking about the wonderful world tomorrow where people will cling to the spiritual Jews, those who are obeying God, those who have been converted into God beings because of their submission to God in this physical life, because of their commitment to the blood covenant in this life right now before Christ's return. And they're made into gods. They're made into teachers. 
and people will cling to these teachers. They will want instruction on God's way of life from you. Page 71 says, people will have had enough suffering and misery in this world. They will be hanging on these teachers, asking to be taught about the new covenant and about the blood of the covenant. Ten men, ten heads of household, ten families will be greatly impacted by coming up to one spiritual Jew. Mr. Flurry describes the importance of God preparing teachers today so that all mankind can be educated during the world tomorrow after Christ's return. Mankind needs teachers in God's one true way of life. And so God is preparing the teachers now to benefit the students later. This is such an important lesson for us to understand. It's not about getting salvation. It's not about just receiving a reward for ourselves, for our own benefit. We are called to teach. We are called into an intensive training program today to teach all mankind in the future. And that's what this blood covenant is all about. Bringing all mankind into God's family. The hardest thing Christ ever had to do. The hardest thing the Father ever had to witness. As Christ spilled blood here on earth. And that was necessary to make possible the birth of all mankind into God's family one day. That's the vision of the correction that is coming very soon. In the prophesied great tribulation and day of the Lord. Notice Zechariah 10 verse 9. And I will sow them among the people, and they shall remember me in far countries. And they shall live with their children and turn again. You see, there is hope in captivity. The coming captivity will produce fruit. God's rebellious people in this end time, as captives in foreign nations, will remember God. And they'll turn their children back to God. And they'll start to teach everyone else in captivity with them about the blood covenant. About what Christ is doing, what God is doing to bring all mankind into their family. What an incredible message here in the book of Zechariah. So inspiring. This blood covenant. Christ takes it personally when we betray him and depart from the blood covenant but how much he values it when we hold fast, when we endure to the end. Matthew 24 verse 13 says we must endure to the end. 
That's how we can enter into the blood covenant. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.